Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot to get to today. Busy Monday. Um, You know, some people are saying, some are saying, this Biden trip to Texas with nothing more than a photo op. Well, no, not some. Sane (laughs) people are saying that. Yeah, I think I, I think the thing that really got to me, and it's not so much even Biden's fault unless they told the city of El Paso to do it, but that they cleared the streets of the homeless encampments ahead of his trip to the border. So Joe Biden didn't even really see what the border crisis is all about. What he really heard was mostly friendly voices saying, yeah, it's been a challenge. Yeah, it's been a challenge. But he didn't actually get to see the despair and misery that his policies at the border have caused. Well, no. I mean, look at it this way. Uh, you have parents, their kids are going to college somewhere, and they're hearing that there's partying going on in the house all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, somebody tips them off, some friendly fire, and guess what? You come. Everything's cleaned up. Yeah. Everybody's studying, <clears throat> doing exactly what they're supposed to do. <laughs> so what you're saying is Joe Biden needs to do the old tried and true pop-in. Well, that would probably help, mm-hmm. or I don't know, watch a news report on Fox. <laughs> Check in with Bill Malusian sometime to see what's happening at the border. Something like that. Yeah. That would be nice. But I don't think we ever believe that's going to happen because they've known about this for a long time, yeah. and it's by design. This is exactly what they want to happen. So nothing's going to change. Now, David, I know you have some audio yeah. um, to get to. Well, and. Yes, it was a photo op. What else would you call it? Yeah, this is Representative uh, Monica De La Cruz. Uh, she was on Newsmax, and this is what she had to say about it. The trip to El Paso. She was basically just saying, going off on how this whole thing was just a photo op. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see if I can. Sorry, I had the audio and lost it, David. Put okay. you on the spot there. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, here we go. Let's let's roll and hear what Representative Monica De La Cruz had to say. Well, look, myself and the entire Texas delegation has been urging the president to come to Texas to see the border for himself. In fact, two weeks ago, my colleagues and I actually wrote a letter and said, you must come down here and see what is happening on our border. It has been two years. So I am thankful that he did actually actually come to El Paso to see for himself. But sadly, it's a cleaned up version of what is actually happening. He's not talking to the people that he should, which are the Border Patrol agents, the people who are really being affected, the small business owners, the single moms and families. What is happening on our Texas border is a complete catastrophe. Yeah, Yeah, and they're still not really willing to address it because all they did on the policy front is redefine who was a legal <laughs> asylum seeker. I mean, that literally, that's all they did. And t- they just changed the language. They're not, they said it was carrot and stick, but it was all carrot, man. There was no stick. None. No, no. I mean, what are they really going to do about it? Are we going to get, what, more people down there to stop people from coming in? No. Probably not. 
But of course, they're asking for more funding. We got to have more money for right. this. Hey, you know those. It's eight- the same solution to every single freaking problem. And Joe said it. Well, they need more funding. It's just throw money at it, go home. That's the end of the story. End of story. Yeah, Nothing you, to see here. And you look at what they want to use the money for, which exactly. is to hire more people to rubber stamp asylum claims. Yes. Or parole claims, immigration parole claims. So more yes. people just come on in, more people show up at the border, more people come on in. I mean, it's this cycle that goes on and on and on. And I just think, dude, you took air marshals out of planes to send them to the border to play Uber driver. Why not? Uh, I don't know. There's these 87,000 IRS agents. Send some of them to the border. We could go on about this for a long time, and we could get into Mayorkas, Director of Homeland Security, how he keeps lying to people. I understand the word gaslighting is overused by many. That's all it is. It's trying to get people to believe in an alternate reality that doesn't exist. Everything's been orderly. What about all of the deaths of people trying to come into the country? It's been well documented. And once they get here, all of the deaths resulting from fentanyl. Oh, my goodness. We're just pouring in over the border. Of course. So more on that in a little bit. Um, I don't know if anybody saw any of the footage from Brazil over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, chilling. Uh, certainly echoes of January 6th. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was laughing at myself watching the news coverage of this. Yeah, yeah she feared for her life this weekend. I uh, bet she did. I bet she did, yeah. Uh, supporters of former Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro uh, took part in a riot over the weekend, and because... You know, the media's knowledge of history is essentially that of a goldfish. Apparently, this is Donald Trump's fault. Oh, God. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, well, you know what? And listen, <laughs> it's not like I have the receipts to bring to this because I've followed the story a little bit, meaning I've read some stories about it. From everything I could tell, there was some funky stuff going on with that election. Well, sure. I mean, look, political corruption in Brazil, of all places, is nothing new. Come on. Yes. And the fix was completely in on this. Right? Yeah. yeah. But you can't even say that. No. Nope. Not allowed to. Now you're exporting election <laughs> denialism. Okay? Well, and you're, all, you're also not allowed to be pissed off about the results. You're not allowed to. Right. Uh, here's you have to a, accept it and move on. Here's a little montage of the key point in all the coverage here in the United States. It's looking more and more like what happened here in the United States on January 6th. A replay of January 6th. What we saw on January 6th. You're right. It looks a lot like January 6th. Clearly the rest of the world watched us on January 6th. We've got people exporting fascism, uh, election denialism. Is election denialism... A new U.S. export? Yes, election denialism is a U.S. export now. Oh, God! (laughs) The corruption there has gone on for decades, centuries. But but aside from that, put put Brazil aside for a moment. Put January 6th aside for a moment. They really don't remember anything else that happened, I don't know, 2020 back to 2016. Even late 2015. Riots in the street. Trump's inauguration. Riots. Hundreds of police officers injured. People yep. burning cars in the streets just blocks yes. away from where the new president was taking the oath of office. Yes. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people wound up not showing up to the inauguration because they thought, oh, crap, what's going to happen? That is true. Uh, yes. Then you had years of violent protests showing up. And then 2020 happened. And you want to talk about, oh, breaking into government buildings in the city of Seattle. 
a city councilwoman literally opened the freaking doors for protesters to go in and occupy City Hall. But he's well, Donald course. Trump exporting fascist mad January 6th. <laughs> Minneapolis, they burned down a police station. Get a grip on yourselves. But this was different because right. you had a guy in makeup. He yeah. had the Viking horns, you know. <laughs> that was menacing, okay? It was an all-out attempted coup, don't you remember? This was yes, an all-out attempted coup. Mm-hmm. Right. Of course. You know, I called my broker this morning, and I uh, told him I needed 500 shares of election dialogue. <laughs> now, now that it's being exported and people seem to respond to it, hey, I'd like in on that action. <laughs> There's never been a coup in South America. Did not know that. <laughs> right. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So we're following that. And then there are still so many lies with January 6th that the left throws out there that the media just gobbles up. Oh, yeah. They, they never correct the record. Well, Joe Biden spread this despicable lie on Friday as he was commemorating the two-year anniversary of the Capitol riot. Uh, he mentioned Capitol Police Officer William Evans who was murdered by a nation of Islam terrorists months after the riot. Remember, the guy tried to crash the barricade outside of, uh, the, outside of Congress. Yes. And he was murdered. And Joe Biden said it was because of Trump supporters that this guy did it. <laughs> I mean, and the, okay. this All is right. prepared, too. This isn't off the cuff. This guy, this is part of the talking points that he's riffing on. Okay. Three months after January 6th, well... They're still cordoning off the Capitol because threats these, by these sick insurrectionists <laughs> continue to be profligated on the Internet. Yeah. Again, all America saw what happened. What Officer Evans was killed defending the checkpoint it had to go through to get up to the Capitol because of these god-awful sick threats. I continue to move forward. The, hold on a second. Yeah. That's that's right. the end of the clip. Yeah. David, when you told me what Biden did, saying he lied about that, yeah. I thought it was like this passing by sort of the old and uh, you know there was another cop that was killed. You know, blah blah blah, talking about January sixth, not actually pointing out that story and giving detail. Yeah. That's, like those were insurrectionists that killed him. That that is on purpose. That he is lying about this. These were prepared remarks, mm-hmm. and this From guy his staff. Yeah, and and the barricades. By the way, the the barricades that were rammed. As my understanding is that those had been there before even the riot at the Capitol. That that was just already there. But even if that's not the case, then I, I mean, that it's despicable. And the world does not know, actually. He says, yeah, we all saw it. William Evans, nope. No, the, the world actually does not know his name because his death didn't fit a narrative. Correct. He's terrible. That whole staff. Again, man, I'm sorry. That's gaslighting. That's an alternate reality that so many people in this country think is true. If nothing else, <laughs> to fix the country... We're going to have to let people that are in the dark know at least basic facts of what's actually happened. It's astounding when you take a step back and look over the last seven years 
how many Americans believe something that's absolutely not true. Well, there's no votes in telling the truth. Goodness gracious. I mean, I that's be cynical, but hey. Man, oh man. Okay. Well, thank you for that clip. Mm-hmm. Because I honestly, from you telling me the story, David, it's different than actually hearing yeah. the clip. Isn't that stunning? It's far worse. Stunning. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, big day in football yesterday. And to see everything that happened with DeMar Hamlin in the hospital, watching the game, um, I think everybody felt great about that. Yeah. That was cool. And there was just a lot of drama. There were good games yesterday. There were some terrible games. But, man, having been friends with a lot of Packers fans for a long, long time, that was a terrible way for them to go out last night and losing to the Lions. Yeah. And then you have audio of the post-game interview. Oh, yeah. This is one for the ages, man. Uh, the Lions running back, Jamal Williams, gave one of the all-time greatest post-game interviews. So they beat the Packers, he gets the game ball, and every human emotion that a person is capable of feeling is on display in this 25-second long clip. Okay? Because we're going to go from our crying to, to yelling. Yes. Okay. To be able to play this game for my great-grandfather, and I'm glad that he's looking down on me, I know I'm making him proud. You said this ball's for him? Yeah, this is for him. Another thing, stop playing us, man. We made, we the Detroit Lions. We the Detroit Lions. Stop playing with us. I don't even watch TV, but I heard everybody already picked, their, picked the Packers over us. Stop playing with us. That's all I got to say, man. Don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, man. <laughs> don't emotional. let these tears fool you. <laughs> dog around this mug wow (laughs) okay okay the people okay we got a speaker now but the gop holdouts this was about an insurrection what are we talking about next Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so Kevin McCarthy becomes speaker. Took quite a while. Mm -hmm. And it seems like one of the narratives you hear is, well, that was just a waste of time. I don't see it that way. Oh, no, it was not at all. I mean, for all of the Republicans who were going out and saying, oh, these 20 GOP holdouts, they're getting in the way of, they didn't just do what they're told. All these people, they look silly right now because there was a point to it. We talked about it all last week. I mean, and and number one, no one's entitled to become Speaker of the House. Number two, there were specific things that they wanted. Some of the things they got are really important, uh, including they give House members 72 hours to look at a bill before they're expected to vote on it. Yeah. Creating an open amendment process for proposed bills, which makes it easier to change the bills before voting on them. Uh, a rule that allows just one member of the House to propose removing the Speaker of the House, you know, letting people actually have representation in the House of Representatives. Yes. Uh, establishing a committee dedicated to investigating the intelligence community. Dude, how do you say, well, that was just a waste of time? I don't know how that take happens. I don't know. I mean, it's I, establishment people. Yeah. Uh, th- you know what? More than anything, and I'm just speaking personally. Now there is a bigger list of people that I figure I can't quite trust. 
Yeah. So I'm not alone there? No. Well, we I, didn't even need to add anybody on there. My gosh, man, it's already long enough. Yeah, I, I was actually going to mention, uh, I was having a conversation yeah. with someone I know who is, I'd call him a very, very Trump skeptical Republican. Okay. So not a, voted for him twice, but didn't necessarily like him and would like to see him go. But said, I'll tell you, there are a lot of people now that I will never look at the same way again. And yep. it's not the 20 people who are the holdouts. <laughs> not at all. Dan Crenshaw's name came up a lot. In the media realm, Sean Hannity, Brian Kilmeade came up a lot. Yep. Yeah. It's like, all right, are you on the side of the people? Are you bought and paid for? What's yeah. the deal? Yeah. And, and uh, you would expect this, I guess, from CNN. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, CNN's Dana Bash said this was about insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> it's about getting their name Uncles. out there. It's about just being provocative. Party. It's about being in some Omar. ways an anarchist, in some ways an insurrection. Yeah. Certainly these last seven holdouts, absolutely. Yeah. How could it possibly be anything else but that? <laughs> I mean, this, these people I are... I thought these people were the experts. I know. It's... What, critical thinking doesn't have to be involved anymore? No. Just get talking points mm-hmm. from the higher-ups and just run with it? That's embarrassing. I mean, seriously, man, that's, that's embarrassing. Okay. We can move on to other things. You know, there were a number of pieces that I happened to read over the weekend that I thought, you know what? I'm glad that someone actually said this. And this was at the Federalist. And the headline, in some ways, says it all. America's systemic racism problem is mostly in woke anti-Asian education bureaucracies. Oh, yeah. And it's really true. When you look at what happened in Virginia... With Glenn Youngkin asking the state's attorney general to investigate the allegation that officials at Thomas Jefferson High School intentionally withheld notifications of National Merit Awards from the school's students and families, most of them, by the way, are Asians, in the name of equity and inclusion. That's not the American way. That's not lifting people up. That's pushing people down, which is what communists love to do anyway, so... How can you be on the left and say, you know what, we're not going to highlight these Asian Americans. They're just too smart. It's going to make other people feel bad. What is that? It's just a joke, man. That's disgusting. All right, weight loss drugs for kids. It's being recommended now. Get into that much more coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. And I don't know if you saw this story. Pediatricians are now recommending weight loss drugs for kids that are obese. No. Shaking your head, David. Well, I mean, th- this is just it, man. This is, this is where society is. Every ill that you have can be solved with a pill. That's not good. No, it's not. That's a slogan. Every ill with a pill. <laughs> but but seriously, man, it is so... It's frightening to me that, that you want these sort of medical interventions or pharmaceutical interventions for something that can be 
actually maintained and improved upon through things like exercise and not going to McDonald's quite as much. That's true. Now, critics, David, would say you're oversimplifying the issue. No, I'm not. I was a fat kid. I'm a fat adult now. I know exactly why. <laughs> he's, not, he's, not re- he's not really fat. It's really. not. Well, as a little kid, I was a porker, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but you wore the you wore the huskies well. They fit, I did they fit, well. Yeah, they fit they, nicely. What was it? They were. It's. I wasn't fat. I wore. I just wore husky pants. They're right? huskies. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what? Some kids have, you know, spandex in their. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. Jeans. That's right. <laughs> like, See, I want to let you just talk, and at the same time, I'm like. Listen, the pictures that I've seen, I would would you say husky? Yes, you know, fat? No. You know, I mean, it wouldn't be like here's the other thing. From husky when you were a kid or call it fat is a different thing today. Oh, sure. Mhm. I mean, maybe that's Honestly. it's just been a massive perspective change in society that that me as a kid, definitely a fat kid, is now considered maybe moderate weight kid. If yeah, you were well, running in your corduroy pants once and caught fire, but that doesn't mean you're overweight. <laughs> well, I mean, that does happen to a lot of kids. I had back-to-back surgeries uh, when I was in seventh, was it seventh grade? Yeah, in March and May. I won an appendix out, and then I had my arm operated on, and I couldn't do anything over a summer. I ballooned up big, you know, and it's not fun. There's no doubt about that. Um but yeah, to your point, it wasn't a pill that would have fixed no. it. It's just getting out and moving around and right. not eating so poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything's different now. And so from the Wall Street Journal story, kids 12 and older who are obese should be offered medications for weight loss no. alongside lifestyle and uh, behavior counseling, according to guidelines published Monday. No. Okay, say 12 or older, 12 or 13. A lot of what you're going to eat, honestly, tell me I'm wrong, is not controlled by you. You That kid's not controlling what's in his pantry. Right. Now, portions might be, I mean, if he's sneaking and whatever else, that's a different issue. But a lot of times that gets passed down from parents. Mm-hmm. But I do see this, and after everything we've seen over the last few years, I'm like, oh, another way to make money yep. for a certain industry. It's what it is. It's stop going through the McDonald's drive-thru every day uh, or give them this pill and then you can feed them whatever you want. Well, I like it. The, the expert says what we know now is that obesity is a chronic disease in children and adolescents. Treatment should be started early and at the highest available intensity. But the, Here's the weird thing, too. At the same time you have this going on, you have another movement that is saying it, it, being obese is healthy. Yeah. Who are you judging? Again, that's gaslighting. <laughs> yes. I mean, we absolutely know what's healthy and what's not as far as how big a person is or how overweight they are. Uh, and that's not to shame anybody. You just want people to be healthy. Well, the other thing is, too, and, and I talked about, like, middle school aged especially. That's where I was probably the most porky. Um, but that's also because you're going through a lot of biological natural changes and your body is changing how you process foods, how you develop and then once I had a growth spurt, mm-hmm. it kind of I slimmed down a little bit. 
And yeah. it's insane to think, yeah, yeah you got to put that kid on, what, amphetamines or whatever to make sure that they don't eat as much or that they burn more calories. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Man, oh, man. But again, and that was covered today. I saw it from, like, the Good Morning America and Today Show roundup. They were definitely covering that. And so you know a lot of kids are going to be put on this Actually, stuff. Well, when you, after you've and, had your seventh booster, then you can get on these oh, things, there you kids. Go. Yeah, fantastic. <sighs> Man. Okay. Other stories uh, going on out there. Well, it's time for this part of the show. As you're looking throughout, well, I don't know how many websites you guys go through and how many pieces you read, but it's a lot. And there's something that's going to get your attention that maybe isn't the biggest story of the day. Yeah. David, what's your story today? This, this is definitely not the biggest story of the day, but it's probably my favorite, and it's not really even news. It's just new to me. Do you okay. remember the 90s alternative rock band Self? <sighs> it just minor hits like 95 through 2000 or so. Mm. I don't know if I ever played them but, at rock radio. It might have been just alternative. Yeah, but they did an album, apparently, that every instrument was a kid's toy instrument. It was the entire album was done with this. And I just stumbled across this going down some YouTube rabbit hole. They covered the song What a Fool Believes. And just... By just, the doobies? Yeah. Just in honor of Scott Robbins, I want to play oh, all right. this cover of What a Fool Believes performed using toy instruments. Roll it. Okay, the vocals are really good. Yeah. And embarrassingly, I don't hear much of a difference in the <laughs> instrumentation. Do you, Scott, seriously? Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> I'm embarrassed because I like that song. But it is. <laughs> oh, man. I never. It's pretty good. I'll tell you, I never liked that song until I heard this version of it. <laughs> this version of it kicked so much ass that I had to bring it for What's Your Story Today. Uh, good story. I'm glad you did. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I like that. I like it. Uh, what's your story today, well, Scott? Well, a former Virginia Tech soccer player that claims she was benched in 2020 for refusing to kneel for a pregame unity ceremony supporting BLM sued the school in 2021. Said she got uh, benched because of that and wasn't allowed to play. Her coach was angry with her. Well, she won a hundred grand. Wow, hundred grand. The jury said, "Yep, that's right. That was garbage." She claimed she lost her starting position, and her coach became so angry when she refused to kneel during the ceremony. The event was held in part to show support for BLM after George Floyd, of course. Attorneys for uh, the school counteracted that uh, the decision was based solely on her poor performance. She said, that's oh. crap. I've got the receipts. Showed them. Jerry said, hundred grand your way. Wow. All because she didn't want to support Patrice Cullors getting mansions. Mm -hmm. wow. That's interesting you phrase it that way. But uh, Virginia Tech, uh, write the check. Write the big Jerry Lewis check. Here we go. Well, it's <laughs> if we had an actual news media, uh -huh. what would be reported is what a scam BLM turned out to be. Mm -hmm. They'll never do it. No. But it's been proven. Well, the whole Patrice Colors thing was there, and it's gone. Well, yeah. It's, it's gone. She's still living in that house? As far as I can tell. As far as I know. Legacy Media never really covered that part of the story. Not really. That would be another great poll yeah. to know how many people in America actually know the truth. 
about where that money was spent. Yeah. Or actually even know that the states of Washington and California, and I only point them out because they are very liberal states, or at least run by very liberal politicians, told BLM they had to temporarily stop raising money because there were questions about where that money was going and how it was being used. Man. Wild. Uh, for my story today, it's <laughs> sort of related to story we were just talking about a couple of minutes ago with pediatricians recommending weight loss drugs for obese kids and the pushback to, you know, some people are saying now, well, you can be obese and healthy, which honestly isn't true when you're talking about just overall health. But there's another narrative out there, and that is if you're, quote, anti-fat, whatever that means, you're also anti-black. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-fat means I'm anti-black? Yes. How does that work? Well, I I can't even try to begin to explain it. So we go to Libs of TikTok, mm-hmm. where you have this woman trying to explain it to people just to educate. Is she, you... is she obese? She's actually rail thin. Okay. I don't believe Of you. course she's not rail thin. No. I just wanted to make sure she was speaking of which things she no, knows about. No, and huge yeah. round glasses, too. Okay, awesome. All right, uh, here we go. Roll it. This is not like racism. It is racism. Anti-fatness is rooted in anti-blackness. And the reason why people are pursuing thinness is because they're pursuing proximity to whiteness. The reason why people hate fat people. If you want to be <laughs> thin. <laughs> yes, that's right. I don't hate fat if people. people. Are, if you're on some sort of diet for the new year. You're racist, okay? It's because people hate black people, and appearing curvy or bigger is associated with blackness, especially black women, and that's why they're discriminated in the workplace, um, overly sexualized, and this has gone back for centuries. Hold on. Oh, my gosh. Discriminated against? Where? I don't know. Walmart. How? Walmart brought in rascals for you people. Weight-bearing rascals. I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. And I'm not. And I'm not thinking black. I'm honestly not thinking black person riding nope. the rascal. No. Nope. 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 That person getting like a carton of cigarettes and a bunch of diet coke while they're in the rascal. Yeah. And ding dongs. Mm-hmm. Okay. The curvy, curvier ladies. That's highlighted in pop culture all the time. What am I missing here? She goes on. In centuries, all systems of oppression, capitalism, sexism, racism, it all comes back to white supremacy, which is the foundation of the fabric of America and rules every sector and aspect of our society. Good Lord. You need to do the work, Scott. Oh, you, you have white supremacy oh, in ways in you man. you don't even understand. Golly, what that's, a bunch of psychobabble well, jackassery that is. I don't, I don't know if you knew this. It was actually a, 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 a little-known fact, but every headquarters for the KKK used to have a placard outside that listed out who could and could not come in. And in the could not come in, it listed no blacks, no Jews, no gays, and no fat chicks. That was. Wow. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. I don't know. I've seen some pictures of modern-day KKK people, and they are all very much on the Porky bus. It's the glazed donut flag. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 
whole thing rooted in white supremacy. That's nuts. That, it, it, dude, it, just that person think, is insane. Where do you think, okay, this couldn't get any more ridiculous? Somehow it's topped again. Welcome to social media. These dorks had to sit around in their rooms with just five of them at a time before <laughs> all this. Now you can tell everybody how nuts you are. Oh, did you see the story, by the way? The Biden administration pressured Facebook to censor Tucker Carlson. This is a wild one. We'll get to that much more coming up. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We've learned a lot from the Twitter files over the last several weeks. Um, Matt Taibbi has been one of the reporters going through this trove of information that Elon Musk from Twitter gave him. And I saw the interview last week he was doing where he was asked, so if this is happening at Twitter, I assume it's also happening at Facebook mm-hmm. the others. It's like, well, yeah, there's already, you know, some proof of that. I see this story talking about how Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry revealed the other day that Joe Biden's White House pressured Facebook to censor Tucker Carlson for criticizing COVID vaccines. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. April 14th, 2021. Email to an unidentified Facebook employee. White House Director of Digital Strategy Rob Flaherty complained about Tucker Carlson saying the vaccines don't work and also citing Tommy Lahren's public vow to pass up on getting vaccinated. And so in the email, it says, since we've been on the phone, the top post about vaccines today is Tucker Carlson saying they don't work. Yesterday, it was Tommy Lahren saying she won't take one. I'm requesting a reduction in post. Jeez. So this is exactly why I want to know what reduction actually looks like. If reduction means pumping out most vaccine-hesitant audience with Tucker Carlson saying it doesn't work, then I'm sure it's reduction, or I'm not sure it's reduction. Mm -hmm. He's very angry. Golly. Yeah. So the Facebook employee wrote back saying, we're running this down now. Hmm. You know, the answer, if you are somebody in big tech or, or media or anything, and the federal government comes to you and says... We need you to lower this particular person or whatever, their reach. The answer is mind your own business. Yeah. That period, the end, that's it. I thought you were going to play something that was bleeped out for a second. No. I was actually surprised. No. Yeah. It's Monday. By Thursday, David, it'll be some expletive-filled thing that's beeped out, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Real quick on a lighter note. Did anybody see the video yet of this ice cream place in New York that actually throws you your order and then you have to catch it in the cup? Like like they dip in there, get a scoop of ice cream and hurl it at you? That is correct. Holy cats. How do you catch it? In one of those cups? Yeah, that's what I said. You catch it in the cup. If I were you, I wouldn't go there. I mean, from the last time we played catch, I know that was several years ago. See, see, (laughs) no. What? I don't think anything hit me in the face or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I noticed in the video it was a lot of younger people. Yeah. Not that I know what their demographic is. 
And when I read the headline, I'm like, well, how stupid is that? Well, you got to have a gimmick, right? Well, yeah, Something that's going to get you attention? Yeah. And if you happen to miss and it drops on the ground or hits your shirt or whatever, they'll give you another scoop. Another shot or another scoop? The way I understand it, they'll give you another shot. I mean, at some they're point, gonna they're going to hurl another one in. at you here? you got to have redemption, don't you? Oh, I suppose. Come on, one more time. But do you don't pay for the scoop that falls on the floor, right? No. Okay. That seems like a waste, but okay. See, that's the one thing some people were complaining about. Well, it's kind of wasteful. Uh-huh. Well, Joe Biden is having the Justice Department investigate this thoroughly. <laughs> right. You will not waste ice cream on his watch. Uh, the video I saw, by the way, everyone was catching it except one person. Well, it. it also happens to be more vanilla. It seems to be caught than chocolate. What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can see, you know, whether it's taking a date or you going with some other people in there. It does look kind of fun, actually. And if you do have a friend that drops it, I mean, you're going to razz him oh, just yeah. mercilessly. You know that. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, new Speaker of the House. Same old issues at the border. Mm -hmm. But that was big coverage last week. It's total chaos on Capitol Hill. Insurrectionists within the Republican Party. Yeah, right. Terrorists. Terrorists. They got a list of concessions, which is what they had set out to do. The GOP holdouts who were blocking the vote for Speaker of the House. Mm -hmm. Suddenly a lot of people got really quiet about those people. They sure did. Weird how that works, huh? <laughs> Makes you not trust a lot of people. Yeah. But just leave it at that. But the concessions they got were good concessions. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. But one of the things that we've got to work on as a country is the border. And that's going to be very difficult with who's in power. Mm-hmm. As far as the White House, the Senate. Um, I guess Colorado has said we're going to stop sending migrants to New York and Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> the- bullied. Yeah, the the governor of Colorado, Democrat Jared Polis, uh, had announced that he was going to be sending more migrants to New York and uh, Chicago. And and the justification was, well, that's where they want to go. And I'm not going to hold them hostage here in the in the state of Colorado just because, uh, you know, the mayors of those respective cities have said that they don't want them anymore. Well, now he has changed course after a lot of backlash. Uh, now he's saying, you know, uh, we're, we're, you know, uh, we're we're actually not going to do that. Uh, we're going to figure out something else. So now, apparently, Democrats are pro hostage taking. Okay, if we can back up for a second, because I'd never heard this part of the story. So when Colorado is saying, and the governor there, hey, th- I'm just sending people where they want to go. Do we know that's for real? Does he have the receipts on that one that the migrants were saying, hey, I want to go to Chicago, I want to go to New York? I mean, well, local authorities in Denver had said, yeah, this is what where they want to go. Got it. But I, dude, I have no idea. 
we all know what the real game is here. A lot of Democrats are we realizing do. that the open borders policies don't work. Of course. And that they were fleeing places like New York. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's easy to call yourself a sanctuary city or a sanctuary sure. state when you don't have a historic crisis at the border. Well, as soon as these borders get flung open, now you have a real problem. And now suddenly it's not racist and xenophobic to say there's right. no more room at the end. Right. Well, I'm just thinking there's a whole lot of people in America saying, really? The migrants say they want to go to Chicago yeah, and New York and not stay in Colorado? Really? Because that's not the way most Americans look at that. Well, they get a backpack and a Kevlar vest when they get <laughs> off the plane. Hmm. Okay. So why not just send them to Aspen? I've heard that come up a few times. Beautiful, I laugh every time I see place. it. Lots of money. It's like the Martha's Vineyard of Colorado. Yeah, well, I mean, but they don't want them there. Well, of course they don't. But maybe it'd give them 24 hours to feel good about themselves. That's they true. changed our lives. We got to help. <laughs> just like the people at Martha's Vineyard. Hot dogs and Diet Coke. Everybody got them. <laughs> By the way, did you see what... Uh, Florida Governor uh, Ron DeSantis did as far as illegal immigrants in his state. He activated the state National Guard because he's got an influx of Cuban migrants arriving in the Florida Keys. Can't do it. It's like, not going to do this. So he said, as the negative impacts of Biden's lawless immigration policies continue unabated, the burden of the Biden administration's failure falls on local law enforcement who lack the resources to deal with the crisis. Yes, stating the obvious. That is why I am activating the National Guard and directing state resources to help alleviate the strain on local resources. When Biden continues to ignore his legal responsibilities, we will step in to support our communities. Because you had 300 migra migrants arriving at that national park over New Year's weekend. Yeah. They had to temporarily close the park, 70 miles uh, west of Key West. Wow. You imagine being on the vacation and, hey, here we go. We're going to go. I can't wait to see this national park. Sorry, closed. Yep. Well, overrun. And said it's particularly burdensome for the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. So, yeah. Absolutely. And as far as Texas goes with Abbott, David, mm -hmm. as far as, you know, the smaller towns that have dealt with so much, yeah. are they putting any blame on Abbott or are they cool with him? As far as you I, can tell. I mean, I again, I'm not really sure what else Governor Abbott could really do. That's really the probably could have more activated National Guard. the Guard earlier. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, over a year. I'm talking about just having more people. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. We'll see what happens in Florida with that because, you know, the left is already whining, as you would imagine. Um, going to the president, Joe Biden, you're saying a riot happened on July 6th? <clears throat> yeah. Well, not January? Yeah, that was another riot we missed? Were we on vacation? I, I think what? so, yeah. Around so, the 4th? Joe Biden did this very solemn event on Friday afternoon commemorating the two-year anniversary of the Capitol riot, darkest day in American democracy. <sighs> He couldn't even get the date right, man. Wow. The impact what happened on July the 6th had international repercussions beyond what I think any of you can fully understand. 
Now, remember that time it rained out the fireworks? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm really sitting here going, okay, because of the last couple of years, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to assume that there's a conspiracy happening at every level. What's about to happen on July 6th of this year? <laughs> Joe Biden got tipped off that the feds have something else planned. Uh, uh, could be. Or it goes or it back. Could be to- he, he is completely losing all of his mental capacities Re- day by day. Or it bolsters my other theory that Joe Biden isn't senile. He's just an accidental time traveler, like the time traveler's wife, right? So, and w- he just came back from the year 2029. And okay, something so this happens in the future. Something bad did happen on July the 6th, and okay. so he got mixed up. He just got know the itinerary of Ray Epps about that time? Right. He- <laughs> well, it's weird because he almost referenced President Ray Epps, which, who was president in 2029. It's weird, man. <laughs> it's pretty good. Oh, gosh. You got to laugh, right? You do. You got to laugh. Well, and on that, did you uh, see the Gallup poll? Americans extremely pessimistic about the United States prospects in 2023. I'd seen a few of these polls. This pretty much the same outcome. Um, on the domestic front, 90% of Americans expect 2023 to be a year of political conflict. Well, sure. Mm. 72% think the crime rate will rise. 56%. Uh, predict there will be many strikes by labor unions. Now, as far as the crime rate, I mean, do you think the wake-up call has happened with the left? Like, you're going to have to get, you got to get your handle on crime. You should have lost a lot more than you did with the midterms. Yeah, I, I, I think, yes, and in some places the crime rate may go down, especially if you're in a city that uh, is in a state that has strong Second Amendment protections, because I think there are a lot of people, and I don't think, I know, there are a whole lot of people who are gun owners now that had never been a gun owner, maybe never even thought about buying a gun, who now yeah. ha- who now are armed. And I, you know, I know the Houston cops are still looking for this guy because they want to know, but I don't know if you saw the story. Where Dude, the, it was a huge story, man. These, this, this was what, last Thursday? There, this guy is eating at a taqueria in Houston with his buddy. Mm-hmm. Another guy walks in with a gun and starts holding up the place, robbing all the customers. You see customers diving under the tables and whatnot, handing over the cash. Well, as well, the, he's putting like a gun in people's face. Right. Give me your stuff. They're giving their cell phones, everything else. Yeah. And so he, at one point, crosses back over by where the, the this other guy is sitting at his booth. And you can see in the surveillance video, he's pulling something out. Oh, he's got a gun. And mm-hmm. he shoots him, kills him. Yeah, shot him like 11 times. <laughs> and then he left the scene, which, again, you're not really supposed to do, even if you are justified. And Texas law, under those circumstances, gives the benefit of the doubt to the good guy with the gun. Even though now we find out that the, the robber wasn't even using a real gun. It was a BB gun or an airsoft pistol or something like that. Doesn't matter. You, yeah. No, it doesn't. I that, don't know that. Yeah. No. Under, but under Texas law, strict reading of it, that, that customer was justified. Again, you shouldn't leave the scene. Wait for the cops because they're going to want to hear from you. They want to talk to him now. Um, yeah, it was wild because after he shot the guy, he got all the stuff yeah. that the robber had collected from the different customers and gave all the stuff back yep. to people, and then he bolted. That, I mean, that's the ultimate bleep around and find out, though, man. And I think you're going to yeah. start seeing that a lot more uh, in the next year or two because people have had it. They're armed. 
and yep. they've had it. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Well, and part of the coverage of that story has been, well, we're waiting to see if, if this guy that shot the robber yeah. is going to be charged. Yeah. One, one news outlet actually framed it as the robber was leaving. Well, in the video that you see, it, it's not clear that he is leaving. He's still waving a gun around. Now, once he gets shot in the back, he is trying to leave. He's trying to run away, and then he collapses at the uh, at, at the door. door and and yeah. the, the good guy with the gun gets up and disarms him. Uh, but it's not like he was several feet out the out the back door, or out the front door in this restaurant. I mean, he was still very much a player in a dangerous situation. I mean, to me, it's like that's a good shoot, man. I had no problem with it. You know, I mean, who knows what else is going to happen? Was your life in danger in the moment? Isn't that the question? Under Texas law, in that situation, if you have an aggravated robbery yeah. type thing, it doesn't really matter. It's there; Those are dire circumstances where deadly use of force is... Yeah, make sure you tell everybody else. This yeah. is the result. Though, so you know, man, we, we haven't seen all the takes from the left yet. They're going to be hilarious. Oh. Frustrating and hilarious all at the same time. Um, we mentioned the NFL earlier. Uh, there was a little bit of a controversy yesterday because, you know, you had so many people feeling, you know, really good about DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, his recovery you know, is remarkable. You know, he seems to be getting better every yep. day. And he was sending out messages during the games yesterday when the Bills returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown, all that stuff. But apparently during the Steelers-Browns game, Steelers linebacker Alex Highsmith sacked Deshaun Watson. And while Highsmith was still lying on his back, a teammate comes over and did chest compressions on him before helping him to his feet. Mm. Oh, boy. Yeah. That that might be a little uh, spicy for the pepper. I agree. What What's the purpose of that? I have no idea. I, w- I thought maybe there would be some theory that you, maybe you've heard that, well, this was why he was doing it. I haven't heard anything. But you have to have at least it in your mind this is this is going to be a bad look, right? No, it's kind of in poor taste. No, I doubt it. That he didn't even think about it, just thought this would be a funny, funny. thing. Yeah. Holy it's smokes. The man. ultimate you gotta risk it for the biscuit, you know. No, wait a second. I am Mr. Risk It for the Biscuit. <laughs> All right. That's no 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 no. That's way out of hey, bounds. Sometimes man. you don't get the biscuit when you risk it, okay? No, that's stupidity. <laughs> if, okay, I'm his if you're agent, risking it for the biscuit, that means there's an upside. What is the upside to this? If I'm his agent. I, he was teaching people how to do CPR. That's why he did it. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. <laughs> Raising CPR it. awareness. Aware- yes. Public transit has gone off the rails. Have you seen the numbers? People are not going. I wonder why. That and much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. I would get excited and say, you know, I'm seeing on Fox right now, and you know, the House GOP, they're getting ready to start a bunch of investigations. But then David will say nothing's going to come of it. Don't get your hopes up. Nothing's going to come of it. I got excited for a second. Yeah. Until I looked at your face again. Well, I mean, but, and then I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. Remember, remember the bombshell Benghazi hearings? What came out of that? Nothing. 
I don't remember that as much. That was a little sabbatical from radio at the time, I believe. <laughs> Took another job. Yeah, you were on the Island of Misfit radio, guys. <laughs> and then you pulled me back in. Sorry. I No, I'm glad you did. Um, Could have sold aluminum siding the rest of your life. Probably done very well. Hey, is there something wrong with somebody that's just selling aluminum siding thing. today? I'm just you're saying, saying you're better than them? Nope, not Robin, at all. Is that what that's we're getting not, at? I'm saying sure. you are not exactly succeeding at it. That's all. I hit my numbers. You're having a hard time. No, I wasn't. Okay. All right. <laughs> I thought you weren't selling enough siding. I thought there was a problem. Shut there. up. I'm going to get to this story now. God. Oh, my gosh. The Uvalde school shooter's mom. Oh, gosh. You see this? Yeah. Reportedly jailed for making death threats. Boy, if, okay. there's, if there's ever a time you just need to lay low. Adriana Martinez Reyes, 40, charged with assault and battery and uttering death threats this past Wednesday and jailed in Oklahoma City because that's where she was living with the dude she threatened. What? So after everything that happened in Uvalde, she ended up in Oklahoma City to get out of there. So she spent two days behind bars, unable to make the $1,000 bond was released Friday afternoon after a judge tossed the charges. Uh, she denied to the responding officer that she had threatened to kill this dude, uh, Alvarez, B.I. Alvarez. But a witness corroborated Alvarez's story. So, yeah, you would think just lay low. Yeah. Apparently not. Uh, I mentioned public transit. This was a Wall Street Journal story. Uh, not doing well. Fewer riders, dwindling money, rising crime. What? Well, yeah, it's real. I mean, if you look at the numbers going back to 2019 before the pandemic, it's way down. New York, Chicago, a lot of different cities. Well, geez, yeah. Well, and crime has gone through the roof. So one of the problems they're saying is that, you know, some people need it to yeah. get around the city for a job or whatever. Other people would use it. But had their own car if they needed to. It was just more convenient yeah. to use public transportation. They're no longer doing that. Because if you have an option, why would you now? Well, some people want to see their next birthday. <laughs> yes. They get pushed in front of a train. Yeah, like in the story it says, major cities like New York and San Francisco, transit authorities have been learning um, or leaning on emergency funding to plug budget holes and prop up operations. But now those are dwindling and they got no cash. And people don't want to ride. I mean, my goodness, of all the things that was in that stupid omnibus bill, if you decided, you know what, we have a crime issue in the country, we are going to put forth a lot of resources to train cops. We need more people on the street. We've got to have law and order. There are a lot of countries that don't put up with this garbage. Yeah. Why do we? Well, I mean, we it's almost is a, is a big yeah. term. I know Why? it's people that honestly want to destroy the country. But I mean, it gets back to your gun thing, right? I mean, mm -hmm. if you commit a crime on a subway or something, then you're going to get five years. Yeah, oh, illegal possession it. of a firearm five five yeah, years. Five years. You beat up somebody or throw somebody in a yeah, gone. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story today. Uh, biggest story of the day today. There are a whole lot of them, but uh, one is Joe Biden visited the border for a photo op and apparently didn't even really see any of the nitty gritty of what was going on. Uh, and the city of El Paso did a great job cleaning up the streets temporarily. 
So well, we had a lot of Democratic help there. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, heck yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, we got that. We've got uh, the dust settling on the food fight in the House of Representatives, as now Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House, winning on the 15th round. They always say the 15th try is the charm. <laughs> I've heard that. Oh, and we got to get to the story of the teacher shot by a six-year-old. Ah, crazy. All coming up right here. Jamie Martin, Jen Exer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. All right, David. Before I get to this story, all right, what just got your attention? Oh, I got to know. I just, there is, uh, okay. I, I'm sorry. It's just every once in a while I see this like world class hot take on Twitter and it just makes me laugh. Well, you're like the kid with gum. You want to share it with everybody. I see you over there laughing. I'm like, okay, what is this? All right, so Ezra Klein with the failing New York Times wrote this piece that talks about clean, abundant energy is the foundation on which a more equal, just, and humane world can be built. And some guy named Steve Malloy, (laughs) never heard of this guy before, but apparently he is, I don't know, read by a lot of people. I have no idea. Okay. He responds by saying wind power made the transatlantic slave trade possible <laughs> because they were on boats that Bob, relied on. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> so the boats had sail. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which I am totally stealing that now. It's pretty good. You like wind power. You know what you like, slaves. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. You guys, everybody saw the story about this Virginia teacher, Abby Zorner, shot by a six-year-old student? Six-year-old. She tried to confiscate the gun? This is crazy, man. Yeah, how'd the six-year-old get a gun? I'm guessing mom or dad or mom or somebody just left the gun sitting on a nightstand or something? I don't know. It's not in this story that I have. Maybe there's an update to it. But according to this story, it was unclear what sparked the fight at school <laughs> or how the boy managed to get a hold of the weapon. Jeez. Um, now, the six-year-old's been taken into custody. It shot the teacher right in the gut as she tried to take the gun. Um, the police chief, Steve Drew, said, yeah, this was not an accidental shooting. But there's not much you can do with a six-year-old. So they're holding him, right? And then trying to figure out, okay, now what do we do? And I'm thinking to myself, what are you going to do with the parent or parents in this? Yeah. I mean, how did that kid get a hold of the gun? Yeah, that that's one thing that I think. Um, I mean, the state of Texas, many states have safe storage laws that I'm totally cool with. If your kid is able to get a hold of your gun and go and do something, you should be liable for whatever it is they do. It's your responsibility. Absolutely it's your responsibility. 
My goodness, man. So the New York Post talked to a mom of a different boy who is in the school, um, talking about you know how he was completely shaken by the whole event, and then painted this picture of what the teacher is like, which seems to be she seems to be very nice. Um, this lady's son, you know, said it's his favorite teacher. And well, sometimes the teacher will leave notes in the kid's backpack. Said in one, she said, I hope you had a great day. I want you to know your smile is contagious. Well, that's nice. Did you ever get notes like that from a teacher that you can remember? No, not I positive notes. Didn't. What kind of bad notes did you get? Oh, it, was, <laughs> it was, well, just, just things about maybe behavioral issues in class. Yeah. yeah. We probably all got those, Yeah, to be honest. That's how we got here. But I never got a note that said, how did David bring a gun into school? No, my goodness. Not any of that, crying out loud. Can't wait wow. to see him be a mathematics teacher someday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting to see exactly what happens in this and what happens with the parents. Keeping an eye on that one. Right. Um, I don't know if you happen to see this. Ron DeSantis. We just had him in the news, what, a half hour ago. Mm-hmm. How he was you know, handling illegal immigrants coming to his state. This is a story about him basically holding colleges accountable for what they're teaching when you're talking about state money. This was a memo released by DeSantis's press secretary that every institution within the Florida college system and state university system must provide the administration with a comprehensive list of all staff programs and campus activities pertaining to DEI and CRT. That would be diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah. And then, of course, critical race theory. The DeSantis administration wants to know, how much of this garbage are you guys pumping out yeah. that state dollars are going to? Mm-hmm. Because we're going to put a stop to that. Well, and yeah, I hope the, that part two of this plan winds up being, and I think it probably will be, uh, winds up being how much money are you spending on DEI officials, what exactly are they do are they doing? Because whenever you look at a job description for one of these people, it makes no sense. And so, if tax dollars are are being used to finance this nonsense, then you need to start firing some people because yes. the cost of college is way too high for you to be spending money on stuff that really only makes liberal academics feel better about themselves. Yeah. Well, and so much of that, I mean. We know it's rooted in Marxism. It's terrible for society, what we want the country to be. So, I mean, if other governors are doing this sort of thing, you don't hear about it, and maybe it's just DeSantis's people around him that know how to get these stories out there so people are talking about it a little bit for his national exposure. But, man, it always seems like he's the one leading more than any other governor of how to run your state. Can you think of another that's up there in his class right now? Oh, I think one of the easiest things in the world right now is to be a Republican governor in another state. Just copy-paste. Whatever he's doing, you do it. Yeah. Well, that's a great point. Yeah, it's right there. The, the book is right in front of you. That, I would agree. Um, another story that you had, David. Yeah. Something about, and this was from NBC News. What do we need to talk about? Uh, we need to talk about including fat people in DEI goals. As you mentioned, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, big scam put, to put a premium on victimhood. Well, Hold on a second. If people are overweight, they're not included in these goals? Apparently not. 
Well, they, they need to be treated as a protected class. Oh, add two. Yeah, add it. For DEI, yeah. not diet, exercise, and no. an indefinite boycott no. of McDonald's. Okay. Right. <laughs> this is... Uh... <laughs> well played. Written by a woman named uh, Kate Burnick, who says companies need to do a better job of making fat people feel safe, especially at the beginning of the year when everyone's talking about losing weight. She writes, how do I escape an email from Human Resources encouraging staff to join a team weight loss challenge with monthly weigh-ins or a boss who encourages her whole team to buy Fitbit so we can compete on daily steps? (laughs) Employers seem to rarely consider fat people when putting together their diversity, equity, and inclusion goals. But creating a space for plus-size employees to feel welcome has just as much to do with diversity and inclusion as any other group. And here you see the scam. Pay attention to me. Coddle me. Because bad things have happened in my life, and that's it. And it's society's fault. I'm just curious, man. When you just read that part of the story... yeah. So they have, what was it, just as much to do with diversity and inclusion as any other group? Talking about people that are overweight. Yeah. All right, let's say you subscribe to the DEI stuff. I don't, but let's say for the sake of argument, you do. And you think uh, people of color are marginalized and they don't get as much opportunity because of slavery or whatever, right? So you're one of those people and you're a person of color. And someone says to you, hey, uh, the overweight person over there who happens to be white has just as much right for special protection than you. I want to see how that goes over. Yeah, I don't think it goes over very well here. No. Because people aren't black because they visited the drive-thru too often. Yeah. There's no Richard Simmons for how to de-black yourself. <laughs> Doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, man, it, something dawned on me the other day talking about this. I have several different friends that are overweight. I never even think about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, you really should do something here. Hmm. They're just my friend. It's like, hey, man, you know, is it healthy where they're at right now? No, but it's not that they don't know it. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't understand the whole, you know, people are being marginalized. I mean, th- there is a level of what is healthy. And if a workplace is saying, hey, we want to get healthy together. The whole pushback here is, no, people don't want that. Yeah. And now you're making me feel bad about myself. Yeah. Well, if you're so confident that it's healthy and you're cool, why would it bother you? You have a different belief system. It's a good question. It just makes no sense to me. Okay, moving on. Oh, I saw a piece in the Wall Street Journal. This was hilarious to me. Um, I did not realize, and I don't think it's just TikTok. I think it's different social media. You have some people that are elderly that are becoming big stars. Because to hear some grandma somewhere whether it's doing a particular dance or maybe she's just one of those that swears like crazy and tells jokes. If you've ever seen a video of like an old woman that's telling some dirty joke, people find that hilarious. So you have (laughs) this phenomenon where you have their grandsons and granddaughters running their social media accounts that are making money, (laughs) but they have to direct grandma or grandpa on what to do and, you know, how to pull it off. Well, there's nothing quite like exploiting grandma and grandpa for dough. <laughs> hey, man, they call that the Jill Biden method. That's right. <laughs> okay, man. I, you know, I thought for a second about your granddaughter, Scott. Yeah. 
we've talked about this too, and at some point, it'll be out there. If it's just four minutes of you riffing on whatever, going off on something, it's funny. Yeah. It just is. I really they're hope sharing, they're not listening right now because that'll be the next if, thing. If they're sharing the money with you, is that exploiting you? They've shared a lot of money with me in the past. I don't know. That way, that would be a precursor. Hmm. No, if they shared money with me, I I guess. They, what, what they need to do is like come visit you every so often and then just hmm. secretly record you and your reaction when they hide the remote. <laughs> or like they take one of the batteries out of the remote and you're like, this thing! <laughs> Dude, you would get... Like two million subscribers to your, to your YouTube channel, I guarantee you. I would. You know, okay. Well, you guys don't have kids around the ages my kids are right now. I get secret, secretly recorded all the time. Yeah, your kids do do that to you. And then they'll show it in a family text or whatever, and then it's like, no, stop it. My goodness, if I'm just making comments about something that's happening on the TV, that's a private thing. That's right. not for everybody else. Right. If my cats could talk, oh my gosh. <laughs> at the same time, I might do that to some people at some time. You do it all the time. Yeah, I did do it. I've yeah, done it to you. I know you've done. You've done it to me a lot. It's hilarious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh. Oh, gosh. But I don't share it with everybody. No, no, just the audience, usually. I have a couple, actually, if we edited it no, down well, well, by the end of the show, if you had, not. if you gave let's permission. Just, let's just assume that it's a full-on rant, and it is. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. So if you're looking for a way, you know, if you're younger or you got kids, and they're like, hey, how right. could you make money? Maybe it's off their grandparents. Absolutely. Not sure. Um, oh, we don't have time to get into all of this right now. There was something else that we were talking about earlier and it's baby boomers have opinions about a lot of different things. The whole okay boomer thing that came from millennials because yeah. those two generations knock heads except on this show, of course, that there are a lot of beliefs that baby boomers have that it turns out other generations totally agree with. So we can hit a few of those right. coming up in just a few. Also, if you've heard about this George Santos dude in Congress, he's lied about a whole lot of stuff. Did you know he flashed the white power sign? No, he didn't. Oh, God. I saw <laughs> this. The left freaking out. This is hilarious. We'll get to that much more coming up. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. White supremacy rearing its ugly head in Congress again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a Republican congressman who just got elected and he completely fabricated his background. George Santos is who I'm talking about. It, it's it's hilarious how much he lied about his Jeez. background. Man. I mean, oh my gosh, dude. Like what? His mom died in nine eleven, but she didn't really die in nine eleven, and it just and that's it's just the, tip of the iceberg, man. Uh, Democrats though are now also claiming that he flashed a white power sign while voting. 
Now, that's that stupid OK hand sign, which in the photo, one, is not even prominent. It's like right, no. his hand is just there. Right, exactly. <laughs> but it kind of sort of maybe looks like he's doing the OK symbol. Yeah. <laughs> but also, again, this whole white power OK symbol thing was something that someone on 4chan invented as a troll. That's what's so funny about it, man. It, 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 it has never really been any sort of symbol of, of white supremacy or anything like that. But it's a complete fabrication. Um, but anyway, uh, former HUD secretary Julian Castro and uh, Democratic Congressman Richie Torres spread this disinformation on MSNBC. Roll it. Uh, Santos now appears to have perhaps flashed a, a white power symbol while voting yesterday. Uh, what's your reaction to that? Well, apparently, uh, George Santos is not only Latino and black, but he's also white now. Um, uh, he's just an utter embarrassment. Um, but George Santos ultimately is not simply a reflection on himself. He's an indictment of what the Republican Party has become. There, you go. there we go. Yeah. I would say with those takes, you put yourself in the same level of embarrassment as Santos himself. Well, think about who the president is, and, and this is by no means an exhaustive list of everything, but Joe Biden has oh. claimed that firefighters almost died in a small kitchen fire at his house. He saved a woman from a drug trafficking operation. He graduated at the top of his class in law school. He was raised in the Puerto Rican community. He was raised in a black church. He marched during the civil rights movement, and his son, Bo, was killed in Iraq. And now they're talking about yeah. ethics investigations into George Santos? Are you joking? <laughs> By the way, those signs. Have you ever just like been goofing on a picture and do like like uh just make some sort of gesture or whatever? Mm-hmm. So I do that in a family photo. This is like seven years ago. Okay, because my oldest daughter would have been, I don't know, right around sixteen. And she put the picture up on social media. And a guy she was dating at the time just messaged her back and goes, whoa, your dad is savage. She's like, what do you mean? I did not realize the way my hand was in the photo. I don't want to get too graphic, but there is, okay, let's just say, shocker. Oh, no. That's what it- all inputs covered. I oh, see. You don't need to say that. Uh, well, you know, I didn't. But say that it. was not the intent. But that's right. what it looked like right. in the photo. Okay. Golly. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, before you tackle a problem, you have to know the problem exists. So that's why Joe Biden made a trip to the border. Yeah. Well, be, I can barely say that with a straight face. Uh, yeah, I know. He, he did actually go to the border just after, just a couple of days after announcing his new plan to tackle the illegal immigration crisis was to just recode who counts as an illegal immigrant. All right. Uh, so he goes to El Paso, and the city of El Paso is Democratic buddies. Uh, cleaned up the streets just in time for his arrival. Um, and so he didn't really actually see what the crisis is. 
then what good is the trip? Oh, so he can just say, look, I've been to the border now. Right. That's all it is. Well, I've also heard, and this is, you know, very well can be true, and I believe it to be true, is that he really does plan on running for president again. Oh, I think so, too. And so this does check the box. Oh, sure. And I I think that the the midterms added new life to the prospect. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that... The fact that Republicans stepped on the rake so well for the Democrats, they, uh, uh, yeah, I think that that is very likely now. Wow. Okay. So I don't foresee a whole lot that's going to change with the border crisis anytime soon because it's what they've wanted from the beginning. That was pretty clear. Meanwhile, Hakeem the Dream Jeffries was speaking, saying what? Well, now that the dust has settled on the Speaker of the House race, the House of Representatives is sworn in and ready to roll or do nothing. Who knows? Uh, The top Democrat in the House, Hakeem Jeffries, election denier and conspiracy theorist, said on Meet the Press that he's going to work with Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Okay. Clearly, we are going to have strong disagreements at times. Uh, but we can agree to disagree without being disagreeable. That is what I believe the American people would like to see in terms of a functional House, a functional Senate, a functional government. Uh, I look forward to building upon the Biden agenda tremendous accomplishments. I'm going to steal a line from Robbins. Has he been drinking out of Kamala's mug? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we can agree to disagree without being disagreeable. <laughs> okay. Did you see the acceptance thing he did? No. Did you stay up late enough to see that? No. Oh my god. It was like an alpha it was like an alphabet. Was this late Friday night? I can be insurrection or independence. Jake can be Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Really? Oh dude, I it was what time one. of night did this happen? Well when when uh, McCarthy finally won. Oh so Saturday night or whatever. Saturday yeah. night, yeah. Late. And you stayed up and watched this? I it was compelling television for a while. But you sat through all of Hakeem's speech? I, I wondered what he was going to say. And he did not disappoint me, by the way. What did your cardiac doctor say to that? I'm sure he doesn't want you watching that. Dude, That's not good for your health. I was, I was laughing out loud because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> and these guys think it's going to be something profound in their brains. They've read it and went, oh, this is going to go down in ages. As, and it was, it was insane. Yeah, they want to I stands be a for part insane, not okay. indigenous. All right. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's just. Hey, by the way, um, from your news background, David, I mean, it, we all put this show together, but I noticed up until this point through the show, we haven't done any Prince Harry coverage with this book coming out. Uh, no. Are you saying it's not important? Because I saw it on all the news shows. I mean, they're all minutes covering last night. It. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Huh? That's it's all a big deal. It. It was like, I told Charles not to marry Camilla or whatever her name is. And like, dude, this guy is just burning bridges, man. This guy yeah, sucks, he's, man. He's setting it on fire. <laughs> Honestly, that's the only part I care about. I don't, I don't want to see the interviews, anything else. I mean, the promos for it on the shows, like uh, Good Morning America Today show, like as an example this morning. Was it Strahan on this one? Yeah. I think so. Prince Harry, in his own words. The truth needs to be that, and it needs to come from me. On his complicated relationship with his family. Mm. Do you think in the 21st century there is a place for the British monarchy? His decision to step back from royal life, how his grandmother, the late Queen Elizabeth, took that decision. Did she ever express that she was upset at you? 
How do you still profit off that, by the way, as you stepped away? Hmm. How he says the British press used Meghan's race against her. What he says his relationship with his brother, Prince William, is really like. Plus, dealing with the grief of losing his mother. It was nothing there. It was, it was, I was numb. What saved his life and what it would take to reconcile with his family now. I don't think you can now. No, no. No, I, I think it's done. So I, I, I think he sucks, but I, I do actually fall back to Meghan Markle may be actually one of the greatest American patriots in our nation's history because she is single-handedly helping to tear down the royal family. I told somebody your take on that. Yeah. Over the weekend, they're like, hmm, that's really interesting. <laughs> well, I think when, he's joking, but maybe I'm not there's really, something honestly. good. Maybe. Patty Davis, who wrote the tell-all Reagan book, comes out and went, you went too far. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, somebody like her? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yes. It was the whole, if you could write a letter to your younger self, yeah. what would you say? Right. I would have told myself to shut up more. Right. Yes. And that's what she suggested he do. You know what? On that topic, real quick, <laughs> me and a buddy of mine, long story short, came up with an idea for our sons. And it was basically us writing a letter to our 17-year-old self, and what would you say? And we told it to these fellas. Okay? Man, when I had to sit down and write that, I knew I was pretty much an idiot at age 17. But it all came back. It was far worse than I even remember just writing it out. Yeah. Golly! Sometimes it's not fun to look back, whether it's in your late teens, sometimes, well, certainly well into my 20s. What a D-bag. Hmm. Gosh. You almost wish you could go back and kick your own ass a little bit. <laughs> anyway. Well, you were lively. Yeah. Whenever I say something like that, you'll say, you were fun, though. <laughs> well, there was some fun. Okay. 30 right. years ago. Yep. Thanks. Appreciate that. Um, oh, something else. <laughs> this, there's so many crazy teachers out there. I guess you don't think about it that often until you see another one of these stories. A New Jersey art teacher overdosed on fentanyl in front of middle school students. Oh, golly. You imagine that? 57-year-old teacher, Frank Thompson, Roosevelt Intermediate School in Westfield, New Jersey, found unconscious and unresponsive in a classroom. This was just after 9 a.m. on November 29th. First observed in distress by students, was actively being treated by a school nurse when officers arrived. Jeez. Holy smokes, man. How long had that been going on? And with fentanyl, I mean, you got parents that are scared. How much residue is around? What's yeah. going on? Oh, yeah. It's just Well, you've crazy. seen law enforcement who just handled it. Overdose. Yes. You know, I mean, my gosh, man. This stuff, man. But I saw that headline in the New York Post, and all I could hear in my head was David saying, Public school. Yeah. Get about. Yeah. Run away from every government institution you can. Yeah. There are a lot of people thinking that. And, you know, as more and more of the studies are coming out talking about how many less kids there are now in public schools than there was, you know, just a few years ago. Now you have some people on the left saying, well, the birth rates are down, too. Don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, I think we're talking about percentages here. Yeah. That's not numbers, not raw numbers. Yeah. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. um, 
we'll get to the Lizzo story a little bit later. Um, oh, one other thing. Real quick. Did you see any story about... It was a study that came out. There's an 80% better chance you'll get divorced if you live with the person before you're married. I did see that. Really? Yeah. Yes. I didn't see anything about that. Okay. I saw this piece at the Federalist, and they were talking about it, and they mentioned uh, Barstool Sports. There's a podcast with two ladies, and they were talking about it, and they couldn't figure it out. So the writer at the Federalist is saying, well, there are a lot of reasons why this is, but they don't, they don't want to come down to reality of why it is. But if you want to hear these girls talking about it, um, I have the audio of that. I do. Okay. Um, and I don't know their names. It's just two different girls talking about how they can't believe this study on the divorce rate. Couples who live together before marrying have nearly an 80% higher divorce rate than those who do not. Which is crazy because you'd think you'd be the opposite because, like, for example, I lived with my boyfriend for five years and we broke up because we knew we weren't compatible because we lived together. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cause you, cause, because living together is the way you find out. Yeah. That's what I would think. Did you and Graham? Okay, hold no. on a second. Which hold on, hold know. on, hold on. Why are you shaking your head, Robin? Well, because I don't believe that's true. I think I think living together. I, listen, I don't want to pass judgment. If you want to live with people, <laughs> fine by me. Okay, I really I really don't lose any sleep over it. I'm just saying the easy out is always available. The no strings attached. You know, I can leave whenever I want. There's nothing binding this together. So why do I work on it? I'm unhappy. I'm leaving. Right. Over and over again, this happens. I've known yes. people who've lived with like four people. Yes. That's that's kind you of You don't have it. to work and, on anything. If I don't like it, I leave. Well, and you're I think the whole point of marriage, right? You're giving up yourself. You're you're I mean, you want it to work out for yourself, don't get me yeah. wrong, but you're also giving away for the other person. Yeah. It's not just what I want out of this, which is certainly not the prevailing attitude right now. Right. And and listen, again, I'm not passion judgment. I don't care. You do what you do, right? If you think it's the right thing to do, fine by me. If you're adults and this is what you want to do, I don't care. The one thing I noticed, the way you talked about it, Scott, mm -hmm. you sound very judgy. I See, I don't want to sound... I'm trying not to sound You don't sound judgy. You're over-apologizing. Gosh, I, I, just give your opinion. I mean, I, I just don't... I All just right, think it makes it easy to get in the car and drive off, and that's the end of that. You go back and get your couch. But this is the interesting part, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring this to the table. Listen where this conversation goes. No. Which I didn't know that until yesterday. Hold on. I'll go back a little bit so you get the whole context. That's what I would think. Did you and Graham? No. Which I didn't know that until yesterday. Did you know why no one knew it? Why? Because I used to be like, I thought that was shameful. She thought it was shameful that she and her husband didn't live together before marriage. Mm. So she didn't tell anyone. Holy smokes, man. No, I would Because I was the minority of it. Like, I never told anybody that Graham and I never lived together because all of my friends did. I'm like, of course the natural step would have been to move in together. You save on rent. I get to know how you do the dishes. We get to do all of these things beforehand before we get married. Right, because if he doesn't do the dishes the way I want, I'm out. he's freaking out. But yep. we literally came back from the honeymoon and moved in. I don't well, like this style. It's made me feel angry. <laughs> the other girl's feeling angry because she lives with her boyfriend. Yeah. My son, he'll kick you to the curb eventually. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because he can. Because he has and it doesn't cost yes. him anything. Right. Not a thing. <laughs>
Haven't gone through a divorce, I can tell you. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm saying it ain't free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Lizzo is tired of people commenting on her body. Okay. And she says it while she's in the bikini. Great. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Saw a few pieces at the Federalist. We've talked about a couple of them. Another one that I saw over the weekend is how America should follow Europe in treating gender-confused kids. Yeah. I mean, they're you, they're completely U-turning, saying, we got to stop this. With and the puberty blockers, with the surgeries, we're doing incredible harm here. And that's the natural end to this, is, is sort of, okay... The ideology behind gender science and medicine has pushed too far. And there are a couple of years or a few years ahead of us in terms of this stuff. And now they're realizing, oh, this is really bad because our public health system is getting sued left and right. <laughs> yep. Uh-oh. <laughs> because all we have are theories. Yeah. There's no science behind it. We don't know the long-term effects of these drugs or these surgeries, anything else. My goodness. Well, things have gone haywire since our, the nation's scientist has retired. That's true. Oh, goodness. Oh, man. People actually follow the facts. You can't even say follow the science with a straight Dude, face. Just follow no. the facts. You know, we talked a couple of times today because of different stories about it's the new year some people uh want to get healthy they possibly want to lose weight and there's this pushback if people want to do that it's really strange david you were talking about a guy that's lost weight over a period of months not just recently yeah but he gets blowback well he does well there's this guy and i i love following him on twitter dave dana is what he's called at dave e d-a-n-n-a uh 30 years old was uh, morbidly obese, still is, was tipping the scales at about 400 pounds. But he's lost 53 pounds since last June. And he posts pictures and videos of his journey at Planet Fitness, which, by the way, he calls Plet Fitness because the L, A, and N in Planet Fitness, those lights are out and have been for quite some time outside of the building. So he rolls up to the gym at 5 a.m. and it just says Plet Fitness. Funny little gag, right? <laughs> and there are so many people cheering this dude on. I don't know this guy at all. That's cool. But I, I, I'm rooting for him. I really sure. am. It's, it's yeah. wonderful. It's a beautiful thing to see people coming together in the cesspool that is Twitter and actually supporting this random guy from one of the Carolinas who, uh, who's decided he's going to make a commitment to be healthier. And yet we have, they're actually calling themselves fat rights activists. Who would say what this guy is doing is shameful and all this stuff. And it's like, what, what is wrong with you? Wow. Well, and dude, I don't care anything about Lizzo. She might be a fine singer. She might have good songs. I, it doesn't matter to me. And it doesn't matter what she looks like or anything else. But for someone 
that sort of got notoriety by putting herself into a thong, being really overweight and twerking. I mean, or she's saying, just stop with it all. We're so over all of this. Just yeah. stop commenting on my body. So there's this post where she's in a thong. Oh. And the first thing you think is her butt. The discourse around bodies is officially tired. The discourse around bodies is tired. I have seen comments go from, oh my gosh, I liked you when you were thick. Why'd you lose weight? To, oh my gosh, why'd you get a BBL? I liked your body before. And she, dude, just this rant. Stop it. Stop twerking in a thong. I don't know what to tell you. No, I mean, this is what happens when your entire identity is wrapped up in how you look. That's true for thin or obese. It's true. What this is mean? the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David? Uh, I think it's that Biden visited the border and didn't actually look at what he has done to destroy border security in this country. And the thing is, we all knew that's what it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like it's easy to see. It's like Kamala Harris showing up in El Paso, but not actually even physically being at the border. Right. To see exactly what's going on. They have no interest in that whatsoever. Um, man, there's a lot of other things to get to as well that we haven't gotten to yet. And you've got your big three stories of the day, Robin. Yes, sir. Your trifecta. And you know how fast food workers have been replaced by, well, AI or robots? Could they replace lawyers, too? We'll get to that coming up. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen Xer. David Van Camp. He's the millennial. The sexy baby boomer is Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. I don't know if you knew this, but the process of democracy is a threat to democracy. <laughs> That's what we have learned now. Yeah, hang, they, on, uh, hang on, hang on. Yeah. What did you just say? The process of democracy yeah. is a threat to democracy. All right, I'm talking about the Not speaker. agreeing with liberals is now a threat to democracy. Yeah. Got it. So okay. I'm talking about the Speaker of the House race that wrapped up on Saturday after 15 rounds of voting. Kevin McCarthy is now the Speaker of the House after making several concessions to the uh, hard-right conservatives who wanted, I don't know, a little bit more openness and transparency in their own government. Gee, what a horrible idea that is. Yeah. Now, a lot of us were sitting back last week and thinking, okay, I understand if you think, well, this is taking too long, all that stuff. But this is actually kind of how democracy works. You have somebody who wants something, and then a few people who don't want to give that something to that someone until they get something in return. This is how this back and forth is supposed to work. Yes. There are not supposed to be coronations in Washington, D.C. or any level of government in the United States. That's not how this is supposed to work. But that's a grave threat to democracy. Listen to Leslie Stahl from 60 Minutes talk okay. about this. This sounds like it was written by the Democratic Party, which, let's okay. be honest, it pretty much was. The historic yeah. chaos in the House of Representatives this past week embarrassed not only a party— but an entire nation. Hmm. Yes, it was only for a few days in January, 
But if members of the incoming majority party can't bring themselves to support a new leader, then one wonders what happens when Congress faces tough decisions on budgets, taxes, defense, or raising the debt ceiling. Actually governing. Well, it means that somebody's going to have to make concessions to those people who realize they have the leverage and are not afraid to use it. That's how government works. I mean, this is essentially what Chuck Todd said. Almost the same thing on Meet the Press. Almost exactly the same thing Mm -hmm. Leslie Stahl just said. Exactly. These people call themselves journalists. They pat themselves on the back. They're so high-minded and above it. If they would just come out and say, we're opinion people, we're advocates, and stop lying about who you are, I might accept this more. But you can't. You lie constantly. Underneath the guise of umbrella of, I'm a hardcore journalist. You're not. You're an advocate. That's what you are. That's what Chuck Todd is. Yes. It makes me crazy. Think about what happened over the last week. You have establishment people in the Republican Party, okay, ready to just rubber stamp a guy that's voted against the will of the people, the Republican voters. I don't know how many times. There were several examples of Kevin McCarthy doing that. Okay. He's been there since 2009. Okay, so you have a group of people saying, no, we want these concessions. Just take the omnibus bill that just got passed. Everything in that $1.7 trillion behemoth. It's ridiculous when you go line by line of everything that's in there. No one had a chance to read it, and they just jam it through. If for nothing else to say, we got to put the brakes on that process. Okay, we need a certain amount of time to go through it. It should be debated. We're going to have to go line by line and not just pass everything at one time. Okay? Yeah. You're telling me, Leslie Stahl, that's a threat to democracy? Right. Right. You can't see how over a period of time people in D.C. have enriched themselves more than anything else, and they're looking out for themselves and not the people, and that's the way they vote? You can't be that bad of a journalist, can you? They're not journalists. You can't see this? I, I think When you got a couple of jamokes that came from Top 40 Radio and Rock Radio, and a guy from Country Radio can figure this out in a few years, and you can't? Yeah. You hag? You should give it up. I think, you know, they, what they're actually advocating for is a rubber stamp process. It's just like, okay, here we go. People are going to vote X, Y, or Z. You know, that that's just how it's going to work. They want the process to be easier which is actually advocating for authoritarian rule. It is. They're not smart enough, apparently, to realize that, but that's what they're advocating for. (laughs) They are totally pawns. A lot of times I think, well, they're helping run it, but maybe somebody like Leslie Stahl isn't even smart enough to figure that out, and she's just a pawn. I don't know. And now I'm thinking about when she did the interview with Trump, had no idea what was going on. And you remember in the yeah. coverage afterwards, and Megyn Kelly said, all these years, we held Leslie Stahl in high regard. She's been propped up by producers for years. Yep. Like, it was embarrassing how bad she was in that interview. She's a hack. That's terrible. That is ter- that's the first time I heard it was today. I hadn't heard that. Wow. I did watch Chuck Todd, though. Say, well, if you start investigations, isn't that just personal vendetta? <laughs> There's got to be law and order. People Dude, broke the law. We've had a personal vendetta going on for okay. four freaking years are, now. Man. All part of it. Unreal. Are you ready for your big three? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe. Oh, yeah. 
It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Scott Robbins trifecta every day at this time. Scott's top three stories of the day, always helped by his hero in life. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy. Have a good weekend? Yeah. Okay. Good to hear. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> He's always ready. Three. Well, some good news, finally. Uh, the state of Illinois, where everything's going perfectly, right? You know, you yes. got people leaving in droves. You got crime yes. run amok and all this. Yes. Well, Illinois Democrats have decided that they've done a great job, and they're giving themselves a raise. This is unbelievable. They're looking to give themselves not just a raise, a $12,000 a year raise with a bill that spends more than $1.7 billion of taxpayer money. Just before 9 o'clock on Friday, of course, the Illinois House approved an amendment to Senate Bill 1720. That measure now goes to the Illinois Senate, which returns soon. And they'll get a rubber stamp it and pass it along because of the job they've done. Yeah, (laughs) great job. Which is remarkable that they are going to give themselves a $12,000 a year raise. Wow. Then you wonder, what kind of job would they have to do to look in the mirror and say, you know, we could have done better. (laughs) It's a debacle. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Yes, it's the Scott Robbins trifecta. Scott's top three of the day up to two. Number two, the city of New Orleans has claimed the top spot on a bad list. Yeah, you better believe it. New Orleans now have unseated the very popular and contender St. Louis for the number one spot on the murder capital of the world standings. Recording 52 homicides per 100,000 residents, St. Louis, which has long been ranked and considered one of the country's most dangerous cities. You guys need to step it up in St. Louis. Uh, They had 45 homicides per 100,000 in the following months. Since September, uh, they've rolled on in New Orleans 280 homicides for the calendar year 2022 and a homicide rate of 70 per 100,000 people. Now, people are naturally pointing fingers right now going, hey, what's going on here? Uh, experts, again, these are experts, Yeah, who have previously spoken, pointed to an array of variables that likely contributed to the increases in 2020, including yeah. anti-police rhetoric. What? Really? <laughs> uh, Black Lives Matter, defunding the police, <laughs> the pandemic, and a culture of lawlessness that permeates the city and the country, for that matter. It took a group of think tank knuckleheads to come up with that. We could have saved you time and money. In 45 minutes, we would have come up with the same conclusion. If they would just get the conservatives out of power in those places. Yeah. 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 certainly help, wouldn't it? And, and the mayoral direction in those cities has been fantastic. Yes. Now, on with the countdown. The Scott Robbins trifecta the top three of the day, and now... One. Number one, a California National Guard general has been fired because he made troops take his mom shopping. That's right. (laughs) That's not all. By the way, uh, this is Brigadier General Jeff Mangrum. He's said to be, quote, involuntarily transferred this week to the U.S. Air Force Retired Reserve, which, of course, a National Guard spokesman said is parallel to getting booted. The the, uh, service guy, uh, well, the service member, one of them, was quoted in one of the documents saying he did not want to take Mangrum to an appointment to see his dentist 120 miles away by car. (laughs) Get get a dentist a little closer to home, 120 miles 
to go see a dentist and you make one of the service members drive you? He said, my job is to take care of the airmen here in California, not to be the chauffeur for a general. In another incident, Magram, a guard member, uh, took his mom on a, had somebody take his mom on a shopping trip. One of the other members there. Quoting, she was particular. When I say <laughs> particular, take her. his mom made me take her to Whole Foods. It took her so long to decide that she wanted a list of comparison shopping among products before she bought anything. I'm wandering around store after store after store while she's price checking. And there you have it. <laughs> so they booted him. He's gone. Yeah. Want another one? Do you want another one? I would love another one. I mentioned the robot lawyer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the website DoNotPay.com has tools to help people fight parking tickets or get uh, their bank to reverse things like overdraft fees. Now, they say they've got an AI program that can listen in on court cases and come up with strategies in real time. Huh. Hurt in an accident? Call R2-D2. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all these stories about you know fast food places being run by robots. Yeah. But I don't think lawyers ever thought, what, I could be replaced here? Um, they're actually going to use it to help someone fight a speeding ticket next month somewhere in the United States, but they haven't revealed where because it's probably illegal. Because most courtrooms don't allow electronic devices that connect to the Internet. So they picked one that allows for Apple AirPods to be used as hearing aids. Wow. <laughs> yes. So looking forward to seeing how that case works out. And objection, 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 objection. <laughs> From earlier, being that you are the boomer, the sexy one, Scott, uh -huh. this has been making the rounds online, boomer opinions that other generations actually agree with. They We've don't look at you and go, okay, boomer. People share way too much on social media. That's a boomer mm -hmm. opinion. Probably. People agree. Yeah. They hate touch screens. I hate them. I do, too. Uh, boomers say, I hate going to concerts and seeing everyone with their phones up. Other generations agree, yeah. apparently. Yeah, not cool. Um, also, I want to read articles online without entering an email, creating an account, and God! giving out my phone number. That is the... that I, I will never do that, ever. So if you think I'm going to sign up for an email for your great article, no. Man, that's really tough. I'm not doing... I hate it, man. I hate it. Uh Boomer opinion. I just want to speak to a real person on the phone when I have to call a business. Jeez, don't get me started. We've heard operator! This operator! <laughs> operator! Yes, that's me. Paper menus far superior to QR codes. Yeah, I agree. You don't want a smart toaster or a smart anything. No, I just want a toaster. I put two slices in, pull the lever down, it pops up when it's done. That's it. I don't want to do it from my phone. Okay. That's probably good enough for now. Those yeah. are good, though. Yeah, I, I just don't want you to freak out anymore. We're looking at your heart health after, you know, missing a few shows thing late last year. Crazy. Yeah, I understand. Um, oh, we got Nimrods in the news coming up. <laughs> a couple of doozies, too. And a news update straight ahead right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. News update, David Van Camp. 
Uh, the Consumer Product Safety Commission says that they are looking at a ban on gas stoves. Why? No. No. Why? That's, that's, well, because, uh, you know, they're worried about pollution. Worried about fossil fuel consumption. Can't do that. Do they ever look at what happens when you play all of this out, the direction they want to go? Oh, yeah. They want you dependent on the electric grid, which will be unreliable because of moving way too fast with things like solar energy and wind energy. I'll just say this as someone who bravely survived the winter freeze in Texas a couple of years ago. I was really jealous of people who had a gas stove that they could light when the power was out for a freaking week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You couldn't buy me anywhere either. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess I should not be surprised by that. It's happening, well, in many parts of the world. But you know, this winter uh, in Europe, there are people trying to stay warm any way they can, mm -hmm. trying to cook food any way they can. Yeah. Well, and, and this winter isn't the bad one. They're thinking next year because the stockpiles, whatever they had uh, ready to roll out this year, will make this year a close call. Next year, they're going to be in some trouble unless they change course, and it may be too late. That's what I've heard. Some people are saying it's already too late. Yeah. All right. We got to get the Nimrods. There's some fun ones today. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. Well, we start in Memphis. 24-year-old lady, Denisha Holiday, texted her boss at Family Dollar. Said, I'm too sick to come in. Apparently, Denisha does that a lot. Mm. So the boss, I mean, at some point, you're you fed gotta, up. Yeah, got to let him go. Said, uh, you know, you've been calling in sick a lot. And so what she did is what I've seen bosses do before. All of a sudden, Denisha's just not on the schedule. Right. It's not like you're officially fired. It's just you don't show up on the schedule. Denisha didn't like that. So she showed up at the store. Not to work. She was there to threaten the boss brought her gun with her. So according to police, she waved the gun around while customers and other employees were there. Kind of freaking out, like, oh my gosh. Luckily, she didn't fire any shots. While she was being escorted out, she did threaten to shoot up the boss's car. Oh. <laughs> Always smart to do in front yeah. of the cops. And then she grabbed a stapler and threw it at the people inside. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, she's facing charges for aggravated assault and reckless endangerment with a deadly weapon, a lot of other things. And then we go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, cops arrested a porch pirate over the weekend. Um, how did they know who it was? Well, he was wearing women's underwear on his head, trying to hide his identity. But he had done that before. And a security camera got it on video. And a cop actually recognized the guy. Said, oh, yeah, he's, he's worn panties on his head during a few other recent porch pirate thefts. So they got the photo of the license plate, and they were easily able to confirm that it was him. Spencer Googler is his name. So the police show up. He's like, can't come in without a warrant. So they went and got a warrant. Now he's arrested, and that's Nimrods in the news.